Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. Tonight, we actually have a local story for a change. Who's excited? Oh, man. Everybody. So jazzed. Literally everyone. But I want to kick it off by asking the question, what is your weirdest pet, weirdest pet experience that you've ever had? So I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of them, but one of them is just a, a Missouri staple, which is which is a possum. You had a possum yes. as a pet? Oh, dude, like three of them. Oh, yeah. but they were actual pets, or they just lived in your house? Well, no, like, so I, I had a, a dog who was extremely murderous towards things that were, you know, Smaller. possum-like. Oh. So their moms got killed um, oh, okay. all the time. So we had a Bambi situation on our hands, basically, except for, you know, ugly and hissing. <laughs> yeah, but for whatever reason, my maternal instincts kicked in, and I'm just like, "You'll be mine. You'll be my pet." I will, I Shelby, will give you are you a good mom, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> B- based on the death rate of the possum babies I took in, no, I am not. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but uh, so I had I had like three possums, and then at one point, my dad had hit a a hawk whenever he was driving home from wherever. Doesn't really mm-hmm. matter where he was coming from. They, like, bounced off of his windshield and landed in the bed of his truck. So he was like, well, I obviously have to take this thing home now because it was already in the bed of his truck. Might yeah. as well. So he brought it home, and we he had raised dogs for a long time. So we had a kennel. Uh-huh. Super convenient whenever you have a, a hawk to take care of all of a sudden. <laughs> That's so weird. Well, and, and Dad was kind of the same way that I was. He didn't like seeing animals suffer. So he was like, uh-huh. I, I hurt this thing technically because it flew in front of my truck. I will try to take care of it. So it had broken one of its wings. He kind of got that reset, which it, I don't understand how. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Would a vet do that? Was I, your dad a zoologist? Ooh. No, he was just a, he was a farm kid. Oh. Yeah. That's that's what they do, apparently. Okay. But he got this thing home, and we were, you know, he set its wing, and we were feeding it like baloney through the, the cage bars or whatever. But we uh-huh. didn't really know if this thing liked us. We kind of assumed it didn't. Yeah. I mean, A, because it's a hawk and it doesn't probably like people that much anyway, and B, because Dad hit it with the fucking truck. He's probably like, my <laughs> captors. I would like to think that it was still holding a grudge, but I don't know that with any certainty. Did Stockholm Syndrome sit in? That's the question. Uh, yeah, apparently, and that's actually the next part of the story. Oh. So whenever we were trying to figure out if the thing's wing was actually working or not, uh, Dad decided to repurpose a welding gloves a falconer's mitt <laughs> and take this thing out of the cage and, like, you know, try to get it to fly. Mm-hmm. And and it was a little unsuccessful the first couple of times, but it finally, it got it. Like, it could fly again. And it's like, oh, super cool, Hawk. Have a great day. No. The Hawk loved us, apparently. Yes. <laughs> it just loved that bologna that you were feeding it. Well, I mean. It loves processed meat. Like, yeah, some, if, loves some, if somebody would keep me in a cage and feed me bologna, I probably wouldn't leave. <laughs> yeah. Which, open opportunity to those listening out there. <laughs> I'm very easy to please. You just need bologna and that's it. And a cage. And a cage. <laughs> right. Has to be in a cage. Obviously. So, uh, we take this thing out and, and basically to get it off of the falconer's mitt. Uh-huh. Dad would just like shake the glove until the thing would fly away. <laughs> but then it would like circle around a couple times and come back and land back on the glove. Because apparently birds just do that. I don't know why. Oh, that's weird. So... Hmm. 
in the course of all this, we were like, okay, so let's shake the glove and then run back into the kennel so it can't land, so it'll just go away. Uh-huh. So we did that, and we were in there for a little while, and finally we were like, okay, this thing's got to be gone by now. It has to be. So yeah. we walk out of the kennel back towards the house, and this thing, because Dad no longer had the mitt on, oh, fuck. landed on his shoulder <gasps> oh, and, and got all talony with him. And at that point, I think the bird was scared and, and went away, finally. So. Oh, my God. That'd be intense. Wait, yeah. the bird was scared? Because of the man screaming at it. Yeah. The large male screams. <laughs> right. Because it, it had just dug its claws into his shoulder and he wasn't <laughs> thrilled. Yeah. Which I is why, fun fact, if you're ever going to take your falconer's mitt off, make sure you keep your falconer's t-shirt on as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just in case. You're jerking. Your leather, that's what that is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a leather, it's, okay. I, okay. Anyway, that's what it's called. That, is it that really? Is not yeah, what I would have like, called that. In medieval times, the, the leather vest that they would wear, like, over their billowy shirts, it's called a, a leather jerkin. was called a jerkin. Yeah, Ugh. it was. That's not hilarious. I'm sorry that I know these things. It's, it's okay. <laughs> that's so weird. J-Bo, do you have a story? I think the weirdest pet we had was a, um, a hermit crab. <laughs> because i think every little kid should have one of those obviously it's a great idea just to teach them how much a small animal can smell or... <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know if i can't remember if we got it like while on vacation because i feel like you see that a lot when you go to like florida and stuff but i can't remember if we did that i have the worst memory ever so yeah. honestly they also have them at pet stores like everywhere else yeah. too. yeah so, i mean it's hard telling where the hermit crab might have come from that's true unless it had unless a vacation in florida like yeah we've been there multiple times they're real white they're, yeah. yeah real white but it'd be like a dead giveaway if it had like destin 1992 or whatever <laughs> on the shelf yeah but but yeah i was probably nine or ten something like that also that could be inaccurate <laughs> Because, again, I can't remember anything. She was, was actually 17. 23. As it turns out. <laughs> this was much more recent than we were led to believe. It's definitely not 23. But I just remember, I don't even remember what its name is. I We had it for, like, such a small amount of time. It was maybe, like, a month, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then it died. But I it took it out of its little cage, and it it pinched the shit out of me. I thought you were going to say you took it out of the shell. <laughs> I almost said shell, and then I was like, no, that's not right. But yeah, it pinched the shit out of me, and I was scared of it ever since. And I was like, this goddamn motherfucking <laughs> hermit crab is bullshit. I, bet I didn't name say was that at nine, but... I bet its name was something really basic, like Herman. I think it was like Shelly or something. Oh, son of a bitch. I know, that right? Was so close, though. <laughs> but yeah, that was wow. probably the weirdest one. We also tried to rescue these baby rabbits at one point because we have a ton of rabbits in our yard and they just i don't know my dog always like hated fucking rabbits so it, I think everybody's dog <laughs> well hates true rabbits. she would run after i didn't kill the mama mm -hmm. and then the babies would already be like in the dirt like burrowed kind of in there yeah and then we found them one day. I think she ate a few of them. Like my dog Probably. ate like a few of the babies that as sounds well. About right. yeah. yeah. But yeah, we I think there was maybe 3 of them left and we tried but they were so small and without the mom it was just not going to work so they ended up dying too. So sad. I that know really they were so that cute, story. but we, they didn't even have their eyes open. It was that like young. We, mm -hmm. we, we couldn't have stopped this story with naive Jennifer pulling a hermit shell out of it, her hermit crab out of a shell. <laughs> Sorry, that was almost a happier ending than the three rabbits yeah. die. Oh That's no! True. You ever see Watership Down? 
Oh, no. no. <laughs> Shelby, okay. we're not letting Jennifer watch that. Oh, come on. Her little what mind happens? would be so warped. It's it's basically just a rabbit snuff film that di- I think it was Disney thought it's was animated. okay to do. Rabbits oh. go to war. Also, it, also, it's a cartoon. You're going to hate it anyway. I know. That's I don't true. think I'd like it. That's very true. Yeah, Watership Down is uh, one of the most traumatizing experiences of my young life. I read it like in eighth grade, and I was like, holy fuck. See, I didn't know it was a book. I read it after I saw the movie, and that made it worse somehow. Yeah, I could see that. Huh. Especially with a real, like, old school animation style and everything. Yeah. It's just a disturbing film. It really is. A hundred percent. And that's coming from a horror movie aficionado. <laughs> yeah. I hated Watership Down. Oh, man. Okay, so when I was thinking about this, I was going to tell you about my one experience of having a horse when I was really young, and I honestly don't remember that much about it. So That's such a weird pet. I, I, who, no. who has horses? So my uncle got it from somewhere. I feel like he got it from like a friend or something, and it was a black Shetland pony, and it was named Blackie, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh. And it At came least it wasn't with, like Black Beauty. Yeah. Because yeah. the Shetland pony, they are not beautiful creatures. And it came with, oh, they're they precious. Are, they are silly little horses. They're assholes, too, <laughs> as it turns yes. out. So this Shetland pony, which I'm pretty sure he didn't buy, I think he like got from a friend, came with a buggy that was for this horse. Oh. Right? And so my mom and uncle go for a ride. And we'd had this pony for like maybe a week. I was so stoked. I'm I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm basically Tina Belcher. Like I love horses. You you were that girl so who, who liked horses too much in elementary school? Oh, yeah. We all know one of those. For sure. Was Out of like, curiosity, were you? No. Okay. I did like, like horses, but like to a normal level. Okay. Good. To this day, like my really good friend took her son. I don't even know where they are. She lives on the East Coast. And I mean, I know where she lives, but I don't know where they went to visit is what I'm saying. And <laughs> they met like the great granddaughter of misty of chattanooga and i was like fuck yes i got so excited oh sweet (laughs) she's like i almost sent you a video just so you're aware so they get in this buggy and this pony i guess is not broke to the buggy and just hauls ass out of there and like goes down this hill (laughs) and they can't get it in control and then like my uncle has to bail out of the buggy to like get the horse in control and then the horse bites him and it was like this whole thing and basically it ends with like poor young maybe six-year-old sarah having a pony for like a week before this fucker got rid of it was fine that's so sad isn't that so sad so why did they send the buggy with it if it wasn't if it I wasn't don't know. his buggy and that's the problem that's why i almost didn't tell you guys because i was really young and like i don't remember a lot of the details i just remember being so excited to have a pony and then all of us shook out and all of a sudden i didn't have a pony anymore right it's just crazy to me that they're like here have this pony and also this buggy and they don't disclose that the pony does not like the buggy. As it turns out, that's simply a thing that you would mention in yeah, the seller's disclosure. Hates the fucking buggy. But given yeah. that he may have stolen this pony from somewhere, <laughs> I don't know. My uncle has a tendency; like people kind of just give him animals, and then like I remember a lot as a younger kid, he would give them to us after he had them for a while. Right. Like, so, so now it's a used pony. Exactly. Thanks. That's that's how I got a ferret. Is that my uncle gave me the ferret. Oh, another excellent example of an animal that stinks way more than it should for being in size. In fact, I didn't realize it was like a nocturnal animal and they put it in my room. And so it would keep me up at night and I was miserable. (laughs) And I had it for like not even a year. 
and I went on a speech and debate tournament and it died while I was gone, but I was the only one that ever took care of it because it's probably kind of an old ferret that my uncle just couldn't keep anymore. Right, and, C- certified pre-owned ferret. Right, so I got back from the debate tournament and I was like, oh, hey, Fidget, because that was his name. His name was Fidget the ferret. Adorable. Obviously. Oh, wow. He was obsessed with patent leather shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, Fidget, blah, blah, blah. And like, I go to pick him up because I did like him and he was like asleep in his little hammock, but he was dead. <laughs> so like he was in the shape of his hammock and i had to get a very oh large shoebox. have all of your pet ownership experiences <laughs> been marked by tragedy i think so uh, a lot of them have yeah fantastic i'm glad to see that alice and joe are doing okay yeah they're alive <laughs> crowley he's still kicking it's fine he's only fell out of a window one time not a big deal he's a cat they do that i'll talk the about that later it was a four-story loft it's not a big deal Oh, that is a bigger window than I first expected. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so speaking of weird pet stories, our story this evening kicks off at a pet store in Springfield, Missouri. That's amazing. I know. Can't wait. So, in early August of 1953, a 14-year-old boy named Carl Barnett was real pissed. Now, Rio Maurer... The owner of Mauer Animal Company, which I'm thinking I said that right because it's a really weird name and I never heard it actually pronounced before. How's it spelled? M O W R E R. Mauer. 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 I have no idea. I don't know either. Mauer sounds great. So, this dude Rio, that's what we'll call him, Rio, was the owner of the Mauer Animal Company and he had given Carl Barnett an exotic fish as part of a trade. What they traded, I don't really know. I'm assuming it's like a Missouri kid, so probably mice, crawdads. I remember reading the story, and I was like, what do you trade for a fish? Yeah. I'm ass- what what like, do you do a partial trade for for a fish? He brought probably, I bet the kid probably brought in like feeder animals of some kind to feed Maybe. the snakes that this guy has. Barn mice or something like that. Well, exactly. I know that in other, um, in other pet stores, they just do a fish trade. So like they'll have an older fish. Or one that they don't want anymore, and they'll Mm -hmm. trade it for a different one. Certified pre-owned fish. Yeah, Yeah. essentially. Excellent. So the problem with this fish trade, dear friends, is that the fish died the first night that Barnett brought it home, so he went back into the store to complain. Okay. All right. And Rio was basically just like, fuck you. According to what? (laughs) Basically, like, fuck you. Sorry, you 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 didn't buy the extended fish warranty, so... How about you get the fuck out of my store? <laughs> so what Barnett said to the newsleader, which is our local newspaper, that Rio got real ugly with him and about the deal and told him that's tough kid get lost, which is in 1953. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. So as he was leaving. Hey, hey kid, you're bugging me. Scram. <laughs> like, sorry, that was like 10 years Beat too it, late joy. for that. But Okay. So as he was leaving the shop, Barnett saw a crate of snakes out back and just assumed they were harmless. Like you do. I was wondering how you shipped snakes, but in a crate. In a crate, apparently, yeah. So he like opened the lid and pieced out, and then was like, "Well, I guess me and the shop are even." I thought he kicked the crate or something. He said that he released them. (laughs) That sounds way more ominous than any other way that I've heard this put. And then he obviously ran because I'm I'm not about to fuck with some snakes. Fuck with some snakes. Like not happening. So, little did he know the hell that he had unleashed on Springfield in 1953. Are you ready for this? Yes. Continue, please. Perfect. Okay, so on August 15th, so this was early August. It's just a couple of days later. Um, Roland Parrish was working in his yard when he spotted a snake in the grass. 
you know, it's like August. Literal snakes. one? Snakes. Yeah. Yeah, like okay. an actual snake. It wasn't like his neighbor who borrowed his hoe and never returned it? No. It was a snake in the grass? <laughs> no, like a real one. So it's a metaphor, Sarah. Oh, over my head. Anyway. Sorry, 1953. <laughs> okay, so he walked up to the snake, because, you know, you walk up to snakes in the yard. No, it's I don't Missouri. Ever. That's no. what people do. No. Um, and instead of slithering off like a big black snake or something would do, this snake actually stood its ground. And it also raised its head and spread out its fucking hood. Uh-uh. And then lunged at Parrish. Nope. Hmm. Nope, nope, Because nope. guess what, you guys? That's, yeah, that's a weird black it snake. It was a cobra. Yeah. No. So, but Parrish, who had been working in his yard, struck first and killed the snake with his trusty garden hoe. Oh, the one that the snake in the grass neighbor borrowed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or didn't. I'm glad he got it back. Snake. Yes. Good for you, Roland. <laughs> oh, yeah, Roland. So, one week later, Parrish's neighbor across the street, Wesley Rose, heard his bulldog barking. He looked outside and saw the dog wrestling with a large snake in the bushes. Now, Wesley was not a dumb man. And he remembered what his neighbor had told him about this big-ass hooded snake. So <laughs> he armed himself with a garden hoe. Hooray. There you go. He pulled the dog off the snake, took the hoe to the back of the snake, who'd reared up ready to fight him like a fucking cobra will. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he hit the snake in the back, the snake was actually paralyzed. So he just yanked it out of the bushes and killed it. And then he called the police. So he like, but he like touched it. Like he reached out and grabbed the snake. Just no, I'm pretty sure it's paralyzed, but it's yeah. one long muscle. So I mean, yeah. So I'm not just gonna assume it's fucking paralyzed. Listen, no midwestern gumption, you guys. Hey no. man, in 1953, men were men, <laughs> right? <laughs> they different times. Things. They yeah. were they were sent to war. They died in war, and they yeah. left a bunch of pussies behind like me. <laughs> <laughs> so. After he called the police, the police obviously showed up, and they took the snake carcass back to headquarters, where they determined the snake was a Naja Naja. That does not sound especially especially non-venomous. Yeah, it's an Indian speckled cobra that's native to southern Asia and is capable of carrying enough venom to kill an adult human. Just one, though, right? Just one. It's like a bee. If it does it one time, it dies. Its fangs fall out and it dies. Convenient. That was okay, sarcasm. I That's have a real. few questions. <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> First of all, they took it back to headquarters, meaning the police station? Yeah. And not, like, I don't know, like an animal fucking expert? Well, no, so police station. Police, police station? station? Like under custody, obviously. Yeah, like what? Of a crime. They put one handcuff around its body, (laughs) right? So that's my first one, and you didn't answer it. But anyway, (laughs) that is as good of an answer as I think we actually have. Wait, what was my second one? Oh shit! I don't remember. Oh shit! I forgot it. Dang it! Dang it! We probably probably know the answer to this one. Just proceed. Okay. So, right oh, no, away. no, 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 I know what it is. Sorry. <laughs> First off, why did that pet shop have such a poisonous fucking snake? Or I should say venomous. Thank snake. you. Mm-hmm. Poisonous get, is incorrect. I was getting ready to correct you. Sorry. It's okay. Why I'm would they passionate. have something um, like that? I don't, I don't know, and I honestly can't give you a good answer, I don't think. Yeah, I just think it's insane. Like, I, I didn't figure you had the answer, just like, I was just like, talking about it. I, I would begin to wonder, crazy. being a pet store and being connected in that way, he probably wasn't going to sell it in a shop. But maybe there were some exotic pet collectors or something like that maybe. that might or, have been. Yeah. Anti-venom type situations? Maybe. But it seems like, because he is, I mean, he's an animal handler at that point. Yeah. Like, he is qualified to handle these animals. So maybe that was it. Maybe they needed them for, like, 
they were being shipped to a center that makes anti-venom or Mm -hmm. he was selling them to to exotic collectors or to zoos or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, that could be it. But I'm sure there was kind of a black market on the venomous snake trade back then, so obviously... A crate of cobras goes for a high dollar on the black market. Right, but where else do you get a crate of cobras? (laughs) Yeah, Aside from going to your local pet store and being like, hey man, you got cobras? Like, (laughs) fuck no. It's like, well, I got like $3,000. Like, I can get some cobras. I can get a crate (laughs) of cobras for you. Yeah. Is that, is that a baker's dozen of cobras, or what are you looking for exactly? <laughs> so, guys, people were actually suspicious of the Maurer Animal Company right away. Um, it was located a block away from the parish in Rose Homes, and it was obviously pretty sketchy because Rio was definitely the type of dude to give a kid a defi- defective fish and not replace it. <laughs> he, he had a long history of defective fish. <laughs> he just gave away so many exotic pets that were defective. Like these cobras. Who these cobras work just fine, apparently. Not if they bite one human, adult human, their fangs fall out and they die. Oh, no, is what that's we just the told Jennifer. So, <laughs> but even though the people were suspecting of old Rio Mauer, he did admit that he kept cobras at the shop, but none of his stock had disappeared, so he didn't know where the hell these came from. Right. And he maintained to his death in the 1970s that the cobras did not come from his shop. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> I keep cobras, but I for sure... These the... did not come from me. Mine have actual spectacles, not just a spectacled cobra. <laughs> you say the most ridiculous things sometimes. I think they're speckled. They're not no, spectacled. No, they're spectacled. They're I spectacled feel like that's inaccurate. Cobras. No, that's not inaccurate. Maybe, maybe they're like rings around their eyes. Yeah. Like those weirdos that get drunk uh, and get a Harry Potter tattoo or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hey... Mm-hmm. That's rude. And I have a friend with two Harry Potter tattoos. Is it glasses tattooed on their face? No. Those are the people I'm talking about. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, that's weird. That one's weird. That one's weird. It's like a little a little symbol with an always. Don't judge them. Okay. Anyway. So, eight days later, Ralph Moore found a cobra in his yard. He lives two blocks from the Maori Animal Company. And once again, a hoe was used to kill the snake because it's the best garden implement ever. Apparently. I don't recall killing a snake with anything except for a hoe or a machete whenever I was a kid. And machetes are harder to come by. I, I can then... see that. You'd have to get way closer. Well, that's also true. But I don't know. If these ones were like raised up, you can just like go sideways with it. Though. Yeah. Like behead them. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, every machete I ever used was really dull. I'd probably just like knock them back to the ground and they'd come up like one of those... Uh, Weeble wobbles? Uh, yeah, the weeble wobbles. Yeah. Weebles wobble, and they don't fall down. I've definitely never killed a snake before, Or though. played with a weeble wobble. How have you never killed a snake? I don't live out in the country. I've never lived out in the country. See, that's, that's the thing. I grew up in the country, so that's yeah. where most of this came. My I grandparents killed... did, but I never really right. went out in the woods and fucking, like... <laughs> like just... I had snakes in the backyard of my house in Midtown. I, I saw Jolie shook I them until know. they exploded. I've it also amazing. I've also like almost. I mean, I've had a. I had a yard once in Springfield, and that was only for a few months. So I've never mm. really had a yard besides mm. at my parents' house, and we just had rabbits. And right. Squirrels. If you live in yeah. an apartment, that's 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 a management issue. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If like, I see a goddamn snake, I'm getting the fuck well, out of there. Let alone a cobra, where it's like, hey, man, oh I yeah, take, I want to take my trash out, and there's a cobra curled up in the dumpster. <laughs> um, that is actually covered in my lease. You take care of it. <laughs> you take care of the cobra. <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, jeez. All right. So the same night that Ralph. Wo- Ralph Moore killed a cobra in his yard. Willis Murdoch 
Murdoch? <laughs> yep. No. Willis, Willis, Willis Murdoch. Murdoch no. Found, caught a glimpse of a snake as he drove through his neighborhood. He sounds like a 70s detective. Oh, for sure. He probably is. But like a, a detective that's also a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like the, the dare guy? Yeah. I, I kind of have to show you this video at some point called Dog Police by a band. <laughs> it's a song called Dog Police by a band called Dog Police. <laughs> and it is basically exactly what you're describing yes. right now. It's amazing. I love it. God. Okay, so Willis is driving through his neighborhood. Evidently creeping by because I wouldn't see a snake as I drove by. I don't know. That's, like. that's Sergeant Murdoch to you, okay. by the way. <laughs> So Sergeant Murdoch backed up his car to get a better look at the giant snake and saw the snake rise up, open its hood, and start swaying back and forth because he, the snake, was obviously going to fight this fucking car. Or seduce it. Or seduce it with the swaying. Maybe. That could be it. I'm like, I'm shimmying like I do with the shoulders. So Murdoch got out of his car and grabbed a jack handle and whacked the snake upside the head. What's a jack handle? Am I stupid? What a- it's it's like the jack for your car, like what you jack oh, it up with. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. the handle that yeah, you yeah. use to crank that up, which at the time probably looked like an old, like a drill almost, yeah. like a hand drill. I assume something kind of kind of long and kind of heavy. But so he whacked it with his jack handle to stun the snake, and then he ran it over several times with his car to kill it. How long was the snake stunned? I don't know. Long uh, enough long to be rolled get, over a couple. Long times. enough to get back in the car, apparently. But you're in a car. You could yeah. just drive the fuck away. From this stupid snake. No, because but you, you get out snake. of the car. Midwestern gumption. No. Never so, leave I'm a not man doing behind. That. Sergeant Murdoch is committed to protect and serve. <laughs> Every time you say that, too, I just die. I'm mostly imagining Roxo in a little hat now. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. So that was end of August. On September 3rd, 1953, Mrs. Howard McCoy's daughter... FYI, I only ever found her referred to as Mrs. Howard McCoy. She obviously doesn't have her own fucking name. No, right, she so doesn't. Her daughter, whatever. Her daughter's name was Mrs. Howard McCoy Jr. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. She, The daughter came inside the house to tell her mother that she had seen a large snake slither into the garage. Mrs. McCoy grabbed a hoe and entered the garage ready for a fight. The snake was coiled up in a corner, and Mrs. McCoy proceeded to hoe the fuck out of it. Was that in the article? Is that how? No. <laughs> I, I, I want that to be in the police report. It's like, well, Miss McCord, describe what happened. Well, I saw the snake in the garage, so I hoed the fuck out of I it. I hoed the sh- ever-living shit out of that snake. Thank you, Mrs. Howard. Yep. You can go now. All right. On September 9th, another cobra was spotted by any neighbor by neighbors near Mauer's shop who killed the reptile before the police arrived. I don't have a lot of details on that. And one. so even after all these snakes come around the the shop the pet shop he's still denying the fact that it came from him oh yeah even though it's like yeah okay there's a circle you know they're all you know they're spreading around mm-hmm. there's this central a, area there's obviously a hole in the earth somewhere near that shop where all these covers are materializing from coming from india yeah. slithering through the earth definitely not the exotic pet owner's problem <laughs> yeah obviously not. the exotic pet shop owner's definitely problem. not so, later that day, across the street from Mauer's shop, L.H. Stockton, no relation to Michael, as it turns out. Oh, okay. Who's, who's Michael? Did you ask <laughs> Michael? Michael? No. But oh, I okay. assume no one in the school could be related to Michael. Right, obviously. Saw a snake coming out of his garden. Stockton, Mr. Stockton, threw a rock at it, like you do. They may actually be related. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> 
but missed and watched in horror as the four-foot-long snake crawled through an opening in the foundation of his house and disappeared. And then he immediately nailed a for for sale sign to the front of his house. (laughs) Obviously. So the police were called, and Chief Frank Pike used a 10-foot-long pole with a rope noose underneath the house to try and snare the snake. That's a tongue twister. Snare the snake. But he failed. So then Stockton and his landlord gave the police permission to bombard the crawl space with tear gas. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, the, if the rope on the end of the stick doesn't work, just tear gas it. Just it's tear fine. gas it. Yeah. Do snakes have like tear ducts though? Would that work that way? Uh, I would think that it would severely overwhelm, like, their, their smell glands anyway. They'd okay. probably at least want to, like, get out of there, you know? Be like, what the fuck Be is like, I don't gas? know what's going on, but I'm getting the fuck out. Oh. Right. So the gas grenade was set off underneath the house, and lo and behold, the snake came out. Officer Jack Strope aimed a shotgun at the snake, but the weapon jammed. <sighs> so Snope grabbed, Strope grabbed the pistol from his holster and shot the snake five times. <laughs> what? <laughs> however that feels like overkill however the snake still managed to raise its hooded head at that point police chief pike used his snake catcher pole to capture the snake with a rope and the snake was killed with another hoe so they shot this motherfucker after bombarding it with tear gas then looped its head through a rope and then killed it with a hoe so Serving what you're saying says, is start with the hoe just start with the hoe guys <laughs> right Obviously. I have a feeling whenever they shot it, it didn't actually shoot the snake. It was, like, around it, and they couldn't get it. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. No? Yeah, but, possibly. But at the same time, at this point, the hoe is, what, like, nine for nine? Yeah. Yeah. It's looking pretty good. It is. So by now, the entire town of Springfield was losing their goddamn what? I would, too. Hoe sales had gone up 6,000%. <laughs> at this time, we were a city of about 65,000 people and an unknown number of cobras, and people were upset. <laughs> live around that pet shop I'm just yeah. like no you're completely fucked the, the proportions you just gave though i love sixty-five thousand people and unknown number of cobras, <laughs> <Number> of cobras. <laughs> the city health director del k wood ordered mauer to move his stock out of the city because obviously he was still stocking cobras dude fuck that <laughs> yeah this guy doesn't learn but the scare was not over i hope you're all stoked so on september 16th 1953 H.K. Patton saw a snake on Chestnut Street, which is now Chestnut Expressway, near National Avenue. So that big intersection, kind of up by City Hallish? Closer to MSU than anything, really. So Patton aimed his car at the snake and ran it over. He backed up and ran it over again. So it wasn't a really busy intersection in 1953, (laughs) is what you're trying to say. The snake rose up. Spread its hood and tried to strike at Patton's car after being run over because, again, Cobras think they can take on cars. Apparently. Well, apparently he's doing okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he hasn't been hoed down yet, so he's fine. So, yeah. patrons from the nearby Twilight Inn helped Patton trap the snake and called the police. How they did this, I don't really know. Maybe under the car? Who fucking knows? Maybe it's one of those old school, like, Looney Tunes box with a stick yeah, holding it up situations. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Whatever maybe. Cobras like, they put that in there. Yep. Yeah. I like it. So when police officers arrived on the scene, they crushed its head with a large rock because there wasn't a hoe around, obviously. I'm glad that we've decided now that guns don't work against guns snakes. Don't work. <laughs> Anyone got a rock, though? Like, that seems fine. Yeah, that's close enough. It's a blunt weapon. So then, on September 28th, 
Life magazine published a story about the big Ozark cobra hunt. The public outcry grew even larger, and the city health director, Kaywood, finally ordered antivenom to be shopped in as a, shipped in as a precaution against the bite. Which, let's be real, is probably what Maurer was waiting on. He's like, you guys need antivenom? Right. I got some cobras out back. You can milk them. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> sure, antivenom. A- antivenom sales, or antivenom <laughs> demand skyrocketed. And this guy is rich as fuck. Rich yeah. as fuck. That was September 28th. The Life magazine published the story, right? On October 1st, Dan Funkhauser. Nice. These names are ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to Springfield in the 1950s. I just imagine all these guys are wearing like slacks with their pulled up to right below their boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's basically what I've got going on here. Yep. He found a cobra inside of his plumbing and heating firm with the help of his employee, Hardy Teague. And of nice. course, his trusty hoe, the snake was killed. Or hoed the fuck out of, however you prefer to say it. I'm glad the hoes were trustworthy. The hoes were super trustworthy. It's rare in today's age, in this day and age. <laughs> For I know. Sure. I know. Can't trust a hoe. <laughs> so in a desperate attempt to at least look like he was trying to do something to solve the problem, on October 5th, a city health director, K. Wood, had a truck, like a public service truck, hooked up with a public address system. So like... I imagine it's like the little truck on Nightmare Before Christmas where the mayor like talks into it and it like goes right. around. Or like the old electioneering ones like on yeah. Brother Where Art Thou. Yes, I that's what I'm expecting. Like so they cruised around the neighborhood surrounding Mauer's shop while a record of Indian snake charming music blared from the truck's <laughs> roof mounted speakers. Fucking racist. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um. <laughs> that, that was that was your plan? Yeah. Well, you know snakes like jazz. You don't fucking know. <laughs> you don't fucking know. You don't know. So, fun fact, cobras don't actually have ears, mm-hmm. so that shouldn't have worked. No. But 45 minutes later, after the music started, another cobra was spotted and killed near the Reynolds Manufacturing Company. So, that takes us to 10 total snakes. That's too many snakes. That's a lot of cobras. And what was this one killed with? Uh, Probably a hoe. Yeah, I'm g- it's a hoe or a rock, really. Yeah. Those are the only ones that's that the only, seem to work. That's the only way so. you can kill a cobra, you guys. A hoe Apparently. or a rock. What if you poisoned it? With venom? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a terrible idea, Like rattlesnake venom? Yeah, just give it a taste of its own medicine, you know? Just dance at it for a minute and then inject it with its own venom. (laughs) (laughs) So finally on October 25th, the 11th and final final official confirmed confrontation with the cobra ended. So finally, on October 25th, the 11th and final official confirmed confrontation with the cobra ended with the snake being captured alive by David H. Kelly. He found it feet from his back door and trapped the head under his foot nope. until the cops could come and relieve him. Jesus, the balls on this guy. Right? It was taken to the Dickerson Park Zoo, where it was kept on display for two months before it died. Fact. Well, now I feel kind of bad for it. I know. <laughs> and that's actually the one that there's one stuffed in the city the at City at, Hall. Is it City Hall or Drury? I thought what? it was at City Hall. Hmm. That's the one that's stuffed. There's one here in Springfield. You can go look at it. I'll try and figure out where it's at, and we'll post it on social media. But that's the one that they stuffed because it had, like, no hoage or, right, right. you know, it, it riddled with a, bullets. Yeah, it didn't have smashed. a bunch of bullet holes. Hmm. So for a while, residents of Springfield feared more snakes would appear, but that would be the last that they heard about heard from the snakes. It kind of makes sense because, if you guys don't know, it starts to get pretty cold here in October, and if those cobras really got much colder than 65 degrees, they'd be dead. Right. So 
But you would think even if they'd found more just like frozen to death somewhere, someone would have been like, yeah. hey, y'all, look, look at the so snake sickle. Snake sickle. Like someone would have brought this up. Yeah. So that's all they found. So it wasn't quite a baker's dozen, Shelby. If it was a baker's dozen, we would be too short. Obviously, he got shortchanged by his Indian connection, and that's why he didn't report it. Obviously. So the Cobra Scare was history until 1988. Yes. So as I mentioned, Sarah, hold on. As I mentioned, the pet shop owner Rio Maori denied involvement. Maori. What did we decide his name was? Mauer is what you've been saying. Rio (laughs) Mauer. Now it's Maori. Yeah, now we're Maori. Because obviously, I don't know. So as I mentioned, the pet shop owner, Rio Maurer, denied any involvement with the Great Snake Escape up until his death in the 1970s. And everyone assumed that, like, we just never fucking find out what happened. It was a great unsolved mystery of Springfield who released the Cobras. Right. But in 1988, a man named Carl Barnett made a shocking statement in the Springfield Newsleader. He said, I'm the one that done it. You said it like that? That's the quote that I pulled from the newsletter, yes. Nice. I'm the one that done it. Lovely. So he had realized that he was one that released the Cobras, but he was pretty young at the time and thought he would get in trouble and didn't want to tell anybody. And so this would be something that he would like kind of mention to his friends occasionally that like, oh, I, I think scare. I might be the guy I that released the Cobras. You know? But he had a friend who was an attorney and was like, listen, bro. It'll you don't you they can't charge you with anything. Like what are you gonna do with thirty five years later? So he finally admitted that he was the one that released the Cobra. Well, he's lucky that no one really got hurt though, too. Yeah, if somebody had been hurt, he would have been in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But so yeah. But even at that, it proves that they came from old boy's shop. And Rio's a fucking liar. Is Rio what it is proves. a fucking liar. But... God damn it. Fucking Rio. Essentially, don't trust a pet shop with fucking cobras. <laughs> Don't. Just get out of there. Just get out. If there's snakes in a box in the back. Also that. If a pet shop owner comes to you and is like, do you want to see my snake? It's in the back in a box. Not a great. You shouldn't go look at it. But also, a cautionary warning to pet shop owners, if you get a shipment of snakes in, unpack them immediately. And know how many are there. Don't leave them. Also count them. That would also be a (laughs) good choice. But don't leave them in the fucking alley. Uh, that's where most of this like if he would have just kicked the box or whatever while it was inside the shop Rio's dead that's fine loving cobras loose right the guy who owns the cobras gets struck by, struck down by his own cobras but at least then we know where all the cobras are really. inside the shop yeah that's true also if you kick open a box of cobras say something if you see something say something <laughs> what the hell I think you're missing the point on that on that particular <laughs> quote but yeah you can't come in a box of Cobras. Say something. Just do that. Just do that thing. Weirdly specific. I know. I know. All right. But well, the good news is we got a tasty beer out of it. We did. We did. Mother's has a delicious Cobra Scare beer. It's one of my favorites. It's not available all the time, but if you can find it, you should try it. It's also got a badass logo. It does have a really badass the logo. the state of Missouri with fangs on it. Oh, yeah. I want a t-shirt. They have them. Really? Yeah, they're around. Hmm. Mother's. Hey. <laughs> Hey, oh, Jess, we, if you're here listening. We just sold like 12 beers for you, man. We did. Um, I want at least a t-shirt or like beer. I want beer. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that thing. These are our demands. Thanks These for These are listening. our demands. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Guys, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, mothers, if you want to hit us up for any sponsorship, let us know. Email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com or always message us on Facebook or Instagram, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.